Welcome to the Atheist Experience. We're live. Today is uh, Sunday, May 7th, 2017. I'm your host, Matt Delaney. Joining this week, Dom Baker. Hey, good hey. to be here. Wearing an Atheist Experience t-shirt <laughs> so that you won't be able my, to see through him. My other clothes didn't work. <laughs> Turns out if you wear a greenish shirt in front of a green There's a real screen, reason why we all wear black. <laughs> and now, actually, I wish you would have left the collar on for the other one, because then you would have had, like, a head floating above your shirt. Right. Which funny. How's everybody doing? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Thank all right. You. Thanks for asking. And you? I, I'm I'm surviving. Things are going pretty well. I could complain, but that'd just be a douchey move. <laughs> okay. Nothing no particular. one would care anyway, right? Yeah, nobody, nothing worth burdening everybody else over. A uh, couple of quick announcements uh, before Don gets on to uh, a failure. Yet another failure. Another failure. Uh, so first of all, next Sunday, I believe, please go to atheist-community.org and there should be information posted up there. I believe next Sunday is the uh, members meeting. That also includes the elections so that you can come in and vote for the uh, new board of directors and president and all that stuff. If you're not a member, you can renew and all that other stuff. Uh, it's important uh, that you participate and, you know, voice your concerns. Otherwise, you end up, like I was president, Eternal. Mm-hmm. Same like. Yep. Like seven years. I, I played uh, a number of roles myself. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I, ran, I ran unopposed a couple of those years. Most of those years. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you thought I was doing a crappy job, you should have showed up and voted. And if you thought I was doing a great job, you should show up and vote. I mean, that's, that's the thing. So that'll be next weekend. Uh, everybody gets a chance to participate in helping continue the atheist community of Austin move on. I'll right. uh, be here at the ACA library. Yes. Right. right, right here where we shoot the show, which, by the way, there are people on the other side of the glass. And as long as you can find a place to park, you can come down and watch the show live as well. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I was wrong. It was Austin we have History. been informed that it's actually at the Austin History Center. Yeah, that's a better location for a bigger crowd. See, this is what happens when you get two people who aren't currently on the board trying to talk about stuff that's going on. Don't know a damn thing. All we <laughs> wanted to do was help, and we screwed that up. Yeah, Austin History Center. Go to, like I said, go to the website. There'll be information up. Uh, before Don does his thing, there's one thing I want to touch on. Because um, I got tons of email about this and saw people freaking out, and it's worth making a quick note. While he was running for office, President Trump, well, he wasn't president at the time, but Donald Trump said that he wanted to end the Johnson Amendment, which basically is the amendment that guarantees that nonprofit organizations like churches cannot endorse candidates. They cannot endorse, they cannot get involved in politics to an extent. However, it doesn't prevent you from talking about issues. I mean, we're a nonprofit organization. We're sponsored by a nonprofit organization. Um, and we've always been able to talk about issues, and so has every pastor. Uh, if you're if in front of your or your church and you want to talk about, you know, your opposition for abortion or your support for a woman's right to choose, you can do that. So there wasn't anybody going in any church and censoring pastors. What it was was an attempt to keep churches from endorsing political figures. And there's good reasons for that. One is that churches are nonprofit organizations who also don't have to open up their books which means if you allow churches to start endorsing candidates, that is an avenue for a ton of dark money. 
hey, I'm a billionaire. I've given as much as I can in these other areas. So now I'm going to go give a million to this church, a million to this church, a million to this church. Then they get to use that money to support my candidate. Plus, they have a captive audience with a person of authority telling them what they should do. This is a ton of problems. The Johnson Amendment is an incredibly good thing that protects us all. Uh, I think a better solution would be to make churches actually start paying taxes and open up their books, and then you get to talk about whatever the hell you want. Um, right. And we have more money for, like, oh, I don't know, if a church catches fire, even though they don't pay taxes, the fire department still shows up and puts the fire out. Uh, but that's a, a different sort of thing. And, and nobody's preventing churches from reorganizing as a lobbying group and going after and, you know, Yep. Having a different tax status. They, yep. They're welcome to do that. Create they're a secondary just, organization. That's right. They just shouldn't, shouldn't get the benefits of being churches in that point. So after promising <clears throat> that he was going to end the Johnson Amendment this past week, President Trump had like a big get-together. I think it was probably in the Rose Garden because for whatever reason he, he, he loves to go out there and act like he's doing something. <laughs> and so he signed an executive order that was presented to the religious figures there as if it was pretty much the end of the Johnson Amendment. However, if you actually read the executive order, it's pretty much nothing. As a matter of fact, several of the organizations, ACLU, and came out and said, basically, this is a press conference with absolutely no teeth. And even the the uh, religious organizations weren't particularly happy with it because it's written in such a way that it keeps the law intact. Nothing about the Johnson Amendment changes. And it doesn't really have anything that's going to dramatically change. It Basically, we have a position where... I'm going to destroy this now means I'm going to submit an executive order with no teeth that reaffirms it. And hell, if he keeps doing that, I might have to vote for him at some point. <laughs> I mean, hey, let's, let's, let's keep these yeah. protections in place. The, it's, the executive branch doesn't get to create laws or change laws. Yeah. Right? It, it's, it's one of those things where virtually, six. virtually nothing happened. Um, but, I'm happy that people were paying attention enough to at least be in a slightly watchdog mode because if somebody told you, hey, we're going to end this Johnson Amendment that's going to allow just oodles and gobs of dark money to go flowing through churches to candidates when we already have it's problems with Time to pay money. attention to that, for sure. We yeah. should definitely pay attention, but don't read a headline, develop your reactive, uninformed position, and then go out and start screaming that the sky is falling because there's enough real crap going on that yeah, if you'll we just waste, wear yourself out for the real fights. You will burn out and we will waste time and energy on things that actually aren't currently in danger. So that's that's my note on, on the Johnson Amendment. And by all means, go read what organizations like the ACLU, the Freedom for Religion Foundation, the American Atheists, others have to do. Because the initial response was when he announced this executive order, the, all these organizations were going to sue. And then when they saw the text of the order, it was like, oh, wow. This was a publicity stunt. This was not yeah. nothing changing yeah. the actual law. That's, that's his talent, right? But, <laughs> but let's go have another campaign, right? And, and see, <laughs> even if he hadn't done that executive order, I'd still be allowed to say all the things that I just did because I'm talking about the issues and I'm not telling you who to vote for. Right. On that front, I pass it off to Don for this week's failures. Okay. Yeah, in I was I was uh, preempted by a guest last time, so it's been a couple couple months since I've been on, and uh, <clears throat> been thinking about a, a failure that uh, God and the Bible explain too much. And how is that a failure if it explains too much? Well, um, you know, you, I, w- I would say attempt to explain. Ex- attempt to explain, right? Right. Um, so people. Christians invoke God to explain the creation of the universe. They they invoke God to explain the complexity of the cell or why the DNA is so complicated or 
um, other unexplained facts of science or any anywhere there's a mystery in science, they're, they're quick to say, oh, our God explains that. Well, unfortunately, invisible universe-creating sky pixies can explain all that, too, to the same level of explanation. And there's about the same level of evidence for that uh, universe Invisible universe creating sky pixies doesn't roll off the tongue so easily as God, uh, than for any God. So, but I, but I digress. Let's talk a little bit about explanatory power. One hypothesis, theory, or explanation can be said to have more explanatory power than another if more facts or observations are accounted for. So they got that one. They can explain everything. If it makes fewer assumptions, no, not so much. If it offers greater predictive power, if you can predict something that's going to happen uh, versus not. Uh, if it depends less on authorities and more on observations. Uh-uh. If it's more falsifiable, it is testable by observation and, and experiment. And there are other conditions too, but these are the kind of main ones. And the explanation of God succeeds in one of these dimensions but then fails miserably on the others. So let's let's go through a couple scenarios. My wife is sick. I don't have a wife, but my wife is sick. Um, well, they're going to tell you, God answers all prayers, and then I'm going to go off and pray, pray, pray. Well, she's still sick, uh, and it's not working. Well, then I'll be told, God has a plan. And, and then later on, you know, uh, she dies, say. And then I'm told that God works in mysterious ways, and I just can't understand. When God closes a door somewhere, he opens a window. And, and so I'm left with, I'm left with nothing. So here, you know, God explains everything even though nothing is explained. I, I always, I always was frustrated by that whenever God closes a door, he opens a window. Cause first of all, windows are harder to get in and out of than a door. That's right. So why were you such a douche that you closed the door and forced me to go out the window? Why didn't you just let me go out the door? If you're okay with me getting out or in, yeah. uh, then leave the damn door open. Right. Right. <laughs> so, as as Matt says, uh, apparently God answers all prayers except when He doesn't. You know, covers all the bases. Um, how about another scenario? I'm hungry. God will provide. Enjoy your hunger is the kind of the kind of message there. Um, and uh, you, I'd be told, just give in over to the Lord. Let go and let God really savor your hunger. Um, and then, then if I say I'm still hungry, uh, God ho- helps those that help themselves. <laughs> You know, go, go feed yourself and credit God. Um, and then, it, it, although if I've helped, if I've helped myself, <laughs> what did I need a God for? Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> a lot of this is 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 sad little little uh, you know cliches or whatever. And let's say I get so hungry that I die. Well, the explanation is God wanted another angel in heaven, <laughs> which I find particularly bizarre. <laughs> I've said this before. I'm not saying that I'm absolutely correct. There may be a theist out there who can show me this somewhere. Where the hell does it say you become an angel? Now, I came from a Southern Baptist background. You die, you you either go to heaven or hell. Um, I'm familiar with doctrines from other uh, Christian denominations. Where did this notion that, uh, I think it's like little babies because people saw pictures of cherubs and just invented something. Find me a spot in the Bible. I'll even go, I'll even expand it out to the Apocrypha just so that maybe we can understand where this came from. Where in any way it suggests that anyone, infant or person, becomes an angel. Angels are, within oh. Christendom, fundamentally different creatures. 
but it seems like it's a, it's a kind of a glurge thing, right? Of, of evoking all these emotions. I agree, and and making your heart go pitter pat and all that, and it's just it's just all bullshit. I agree, but <laughs> I also know that most believers don't have the first damn clue what their Bible says or what the doctrine is. They know that God is real, Jesus loves them, and that's it. And so when they hear something like, "Oh, God wanted another angel in heaven," they just they add that to their particular, you know, syncretism right. is, is the merging of two religions. I think there's a version of syncretism that happens with every religion where you merge it with what you'd prefer to believe and what you'd like to believe. Well, it's like well, this it's uh, fan angel. fiction idea that, yeah. that, that, that has come up a number of times on the show. God People, slash Satan. Right. Or, I'm sure that, I'm sure that <laughs> slash no, no, fiction no, no. is out there. <laughs> That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> okay. So uh, let's let's talk about explanatory power with respect to God. There there isn't a thing that can't be attributed to God and His mysterious ways and His whims or whatever. But unfortunately, it makes huge assumptions. It offers no predictive power. You can't predict what's going to happen because God is just capricious. Um, it depends on obvious rationalization of, of of authorities that have no real empirical data for for what they're saying. It's not falsifiable as more rationalizations can spackle over any problem. So by explaining everything, God explains nothing. It's a terrible explanation. Yeah, so, you know, I've talked about before, when we explain something, and explain to me is an important word, which is why I say they're attempting to explain everything. They're not successfully explaining. When we explain things, we explain what we don't understand in terms of what we do understand. And so when you try to stick a God in there to serve as an explanation, you're trying to solve a mystery by appealing to a bigger mystery. Yes. One that can be anything. It's a cornucopia. It can do anything, be anything. So, of course, it meets the sufficient part of a causation, but not the necessary, and it certainly doesn't explain anything. And there's all sorts of things that are sufficient, right? Yeah. You can invent whatever whatever bullshit you want. and It's all magic. It's all magic. Magic man done it. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. How about the Bible? Well, a lot of folks say the Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Which would be much more convincing if they knew what the Bible actually said, but they don't. There's that, right? Or because the Bible tells me so, or it's in the Bible, well, and and God wrote the Bible, so it must be true, but mm. the Bible itself explains too much. Let's say you have a scenario where you hate somebody. Well, all you have to do is, is scan through the Bible, and you can find all sorts of places where it talks about, you know, they're an abomination, so you get to kill them. Um, and there's witches, homosexuals, non-believers, oh, it's a, it's a people list. in non non like Jewish 50, 50 nations, or more, and a lot of them are yeah. kind of vague. You know, uh, sowing discontent is an, an people abomination. People who worship other gods. That's right. That's right. Well, and then you might say, well, you're you're doing this too. You're doing this, you know, this terrible thing too. And well, then they'll say, oh, that was the Old Testament. <laughs> Bait and switch. <laughs> Uh, but and there's these and there's these uh, hermeneutics ideas that one cannot possibly understand the teachings of the saints unless one has a pure mind and is trying to imitate their life. So, so let's say there's four people who tell me their personal interpretations. How do I know if any of them have a pure mind and have come to the right answer? Right, right. It's just it's how just can I with an Im- conversation? Right. You know, how can I with an impure, imperfect mind? Identify which of these four minds is is pure and and perfect. Uh, it's it's a bizarre. I mean, it tells you absolutely nothing other than I'm really convinced that I'm right and you're wrong, and I will say that I'm right and you're wrong because I view you as an impure. And if you acknowledge that you are imperfect, then ah ha ha, you lose. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very annoying. Yes. Very annoying. Well, let's, what about the scenario of killing somebody? Well, there's the God, uh, God says thou shalt not kill. 
But uh, there's all sorts of prescriptions for killing in the Bible. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live is another one. And, and of course, God so loved the world that he killed his only son. Um, so uh, why not just, you know, imitate him? It's the sincerest form of flattery, right? Anyway. Uh, okay, if the Bible had said that imitation was a sincere form of flattery, <laughs> I might almost accept that as, as a, but now it's, too, it's, although we have pointed out before that when people like Andrea Yates have killed their kids, that they are following what is a reasonable view based on the doctrine that's in the right. book. prevent them from going to hell. So, anyway, so, so you can find all sorts of rationalizations in the Bible. Um, it explains more than it should. It has conflicting rules and contradictions, and uh, it's not a, not a moral guide. Jeff D. calls it the big book of multiple choice. I've called it a Rorschach test for the morally challenged. Um, so both God and the Bible explain too much, uh, or try to, or pretend to, but they're not convincing to a rationalist. At the end of the day, something that explains everything explains nothing at all. And that means there's no real reason to believe in God or trust the Bible. And that's a failure of Christianity. I remember commenting, I went to a Catholic funeral, and I, I wasn't raised Catholic, even though a good portion of my family were Catholics. Um, they were Mary, in a Mary-worshipping cult, according to, you know, my, my Southern Baptist upbringings. But I went to a Catholic funeral, and I've never heard the word mystery used more. <laughs> I've talked about it before, you know, the great mystery of life and its mysterious nature, and God and his mysterious nature has presented us with this mystery, blah, blah. I mean, I wanted, like, the Scooby gang to come in and solve this damn mystery. Right, right. right. Oh, and I'd have got well, away with it, too. It's, it's like God's a synonym for ignorance, for our ignorance. Well, I think if you if you actually take the time to point that out, as soon as somebody tries to do this God of the gaps type of argument, um, when they acknowledge that God is something that they don't understand and everything else... Please tell me how, just wherever you stuck the word God in there, stick the word magic in and see if you still feel the same way. Uh, you know, and then if you don't, you need to explain what is fundamentally different about your understanding of magic than your understanding of God. And, you know, I'm sure people will have, oh, I felt it personally move in yes, my life. Yes, and they and have all. faith and all that, right? So. Yeah. Okay, let's take some calls. Sure. We have, oh, let's see. We'll start off potentially pretty easy. Corey in New York State, thanks for waiting. Hi, how are you guys doing? Pretty well, how are you? All right, so got oh, pretty good. So as I understand, I get to ask a question? Sure, sure, or you can okay. explain what you believe in why. Or uh, I'll, I'll just ask a question. That's, what your moder- that's how your moderator presented it to me. Oh, okay. So I'll just, I'll just fire away. Uh, what would you consider as evidence that meets the criteria for the existence of God? Which God? Well, it doesn't matter. It does matter. Well, wait, who's asking the question, me or you? Well, <laughs> you, you asked a question, and I'm asking right. for clarification, so right now well, I'm asking a question. Is there a problem with that? Yeah, am I the host now? <laughs> okay, are you just going to sit there and be a douche? Because I can move on to other callers. No, if you, you don't, if you don't you, want that. Hey, if whoa, you, whoa, whoa, if whoa. you ask me a question and I ask for clarification and you're unwilling to give it, then it seems okay, to me you're fine. not interested in an actual conversation. Oh, no, I'll answer. I'll answer. It doesn't matter to me. Okay, then it doesn't matter to me either. Um, oh, I'll, I, you I, can I, forfeit. You can forfeit. Go ahead. Forfeit what? what you what? don't have to answer my question. Yeah, if I don't answer your question, how exactly is that a forfeit? Does it in some way prove God? I, I will answer your question. Are you ready? Go ahead. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. I want you to feel like you're really ready for this. 
I'm ready. I have no idea what would what would actually account as sufficient evidence for the existence. Awesome. I'm so glad you said that. You know why? Because if you don't you know gonna, what evidence are, are you is, gonna, if you don't know what evidence is, you can't invalidate any claim. Oh my God! You're so so obnoxious. Can you let me finish? Sure. I have no idea what sort of evidence would would be. How can you invalidate a claim? Okay, you're not going to let me fucking finish. I'm going to hang up on you. Will you Go let ahead. me? You got this. Is your last chance. I swear. Go ahead. I'll be. Hey, I'll do you a favor here. I'll do you a favor, Jackass. You're gone. I have no idea what would convince me that a God exists, partially because you didn't bother to define God or offer any explanation, and that would be required. But under a normative view of what how people tend to use the term God. I have no, I have an understanding that I don't have the capacity to distinguish between an incredibly advanced technology and a god. Some, some technology that I don't understand that could potentially fool me. So I don't have the criteria by which I could say, this is most probably a god. And by the way, that's true for all the rest of you. So while you sit there all smugly thinking that you have the criteria by which you can judge a god, really what you're doing is arrogantly putting yourself in the position of a god. My answer is, I don't know what would convince me, but if there is a God, that God should know what would convince me and has not provided it, which means that God either doesn't exist or doesn't want me to know he exists. Either way, not my fucking problem. I don't know if you had anything to add, but, you know. Oh, you know, my, my, gut, my gut answer would be, uh, why, don't we, uh, why don't we have the God erase and rewrite the, the evil history of Christianity and fix all that? That would be something only a god could do. Except if it's been erased, how would you know? Right. Uh, all these science fictiony things going on now. <laughs> hey, but I, I'm really happy. I have that, to know that it was. <laughs> I'm really happy that Corey thinks he got his checkmate atheist moment in. Okay. And instead, your call will probably be pulled out of this and used as an explanation of a douche move to try and make an utterly inane point. But uh, next, we, next is Daniel. Uh, Daniel in Indiana, thanks for waiting. You're on with Matt and Don. Hey, guys. How you doing? Pretty well. All right. Um, so, yeah, um, like I said, I, I think I'm the only atheist in Indiana, if not the world. Uh, and so my thesis is Wait, 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 really... wait, wait. Yeah, sorry. You're the only atheist in Indiana no, and, no, no. and the world. The, the, the only deist. Oh, D E I S T. I, I yes. think I think deists are more maybe more common than you realize. But go ahead. Well, yeah, because be confusion great. is rampant. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so, all right. So my uh, my question for you guys is really about. It's not about the arguments themselves. It's kind of meta. It's it's about uh, what drives uh, most atheists to be atheists is not in fact any of the arguments. It's, in fact, a hatred of all of the religions. Oh, that's... And how, I, I how, do you, how do you demonstrate that when I'm going to sit here and tell you that my reason for not believing is because the claims haven't met their burden of proof? I, I do believe that that is true for a small percentage, but sure. I don't believe that that is representative of the vast majority. Well, and I, I, mean, I call myself an anti-theist, and, and I'm primarily motivated by the harm that religions do but, but yeah, that's not yeah. that's not my they, that's not my reason for being an atheist. That's and, and uh, that's so, that gives me some passion about, for I, being an atheist. So there's something more yeah. important here. There's something more important here, and that all of that is utterly irrelevant to whether or not there is a God. The fact that people might believe things for bad reasons or not believe them for bad reasons is irrelevant as to whether or not there's good reason to believe that a God exists. 
Okay, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I have no argument with that at all. However, okay. the problem is that we have the vast majority of atheists who, just like Christians... I don't, I don't accept your assertion, and it's not relevant. Oh, okay, so here's the relevance. They are concluding something and then retroactively justifying it, which means they're, they're not... How do, you, how do you demonstrate that this is what most people have done? I, I read minds on well, stage. I pretend to read minds on stage. <laughs> I'm not aware yeah. of anybody who can actually read minds, and yet that's what you're doing. And it's still you're irrelevant. Right. I, 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 well, okay, it's, here's what's relevant. The highest cause is for us to look for the truth. Oh, right? uh, okay, hang on. I'm fine with having... That I don't know where you got this idea that it's the highest cause, but I certainly care about finding truth. Yeah, you do. I've, I've, I've listened to all of your, or several of your things, and, and we're on the same page. So, we're in the same book, maybe, but I'm not sure we're on the same page yet. Okay, so here's my, here's my, the, here's my question. Do you think that there is a slippery slope problem? For example, if you tomorrow uh, concluded deism, would you have a bunch of Christians jumping on you saying, hey, you're halfway there? Uh, I, I guess that there would be people that, are, that would say that, in particular because I've heard Muslim imams talk about... Um, they sort of did that with Anthony sense. Flew, right? But, yeah, we, we saw this with Anthony Flew and others. So I don't know what, what does that have to do with whether or not there's a God and what a reasonable position is. Okay, because if deism let's say, for example, is true, you have a bunch of people who, because of their hatred of all religion, are simply running to atheism because it suits them. I, I'm, I'm, actually... I'm done living in your fantasy land, Daniel. Why do you keep asserting... Can we not just talk about what it is that is reasonable to believe instead of you trying to tarnish, without actual facts, the multitude of people on what their goal is? Oh, I'm so, I'm so scared of Christianity that I'm going to run to atheism. And I'm, Let's just talk about what is. Okay, so it's impossible to dig into these people's brains, but has that not been your general experience? No. Like, for example, no. on your show. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> and, and I'm still asking you, so why is it that you're so desperate to go down this route after I've repeatedly asked not to, and let's talk about what is? What, 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 can you just like get to the point of what it is that you're trying to say so that I can rip that apart as well? <laughs> okay. It's that if deism were true, you have a profound motivation, just like with Christians, to go in their direction. You have people who are driven to embrace a conclusion that they're not actually honestly considering. Okay, Daniel, 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 you're still talking about people and their motivations, and I'm talking right. about what position is reasonable to believe. You got one last shot at this. Because okay. deism, first of all, deism, first of all, is a useless, unfalsifiable proposition that, in its current state, cannot have sufficient evidentiary support to warrant belief. Okay, so, I mean, that's, that's the 24-hour conversation, and I, I agree that all of that is worth having. I thought, I, thought I finished it in, like, 20 seconds. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you gave, you gave your assertion and your conclusion, but De we didn't... No, 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 okay, okay, here, let me, let me do another 20 seconds. The deistic God is a non-interventionist God, which means, by definition, it is undetectable. Okay. 
which means that there can't be evidence. Either there's a God or there's not. And if there is a God, either it's detectable or it's not. And an undetectable so God, now, an undetectable okay. God is logically indistinguishable from the God that doesn't exist, right? No, logical positivism got blown away 50 years ago. No, no, no. From our point of view, a God that doesn't exist and a God that hides itself so that we cannot investigate its existence are the same. No, that's not true. There are well, you're just things. you're just functionally wrong. From our point of view, something that doesn't exist and something that exists but is indistinguishable from that which does not exist is, by definition, indistinguishable from that which does not exist. This is this is the reason that arguments like the cosmological or the fine tuning have to be delved into. Isn't that right? Or do you simply categorically throw those away? I, I have they, I have, they've re, all been I have rebuttals to those, but actually the Kalam cosmological argument doesn't get you to deism. It doesn't get you to theism. It doesn't get you to deism. It doesn't get you to Christianity. What it gets you to, the conclusion of the Kalam cosmological argument is that therefore the universe has a cause for its existence. That it, it doesn't tell you what that cause is, whether it's a god, whether it's an agent. So no, I don't have to delve into the Kalam at all when having discussions about religion. Or you don't deism. think that the conclusion of the Kalam is that a transcendent no. being was. No, no, not only do I not think that, you can prove it to yourself. Go Google Kalam cosmological argument and tell me what the conclusion is. (laughs) Are you, hey, Uh, Daniel, therefore the universe has a cause. Daniel, are you familiar, (laughs) are you familiar with the Kalam cosmological argument? Yeah, it's just, what is, what is the, what is the first, Daniel, what is the, what is the first, (laughs) what's the last one of it? Daniel, what is the first premise? Daniel, what's the first premise? Uh, wow. Okay. Well, you lost some points there, guys. I'm going to have to let you go. Oh, so you're running away. <laughs> you tell me you're familiar with something. And how awesome And that I'm is. wrong. <laughs> and when I try to get you to tell, to, to say so that we can demonstrate, you don't want to do it? <laughs> oh, he's gone. Oh, okay. Well, for everybody else, here's the cosmo- Kalam cosmological <laughs> argument off the top of my freaking head. Premise number one. Everything that begins to exist has a cause for its existence. Now, this is a new premise from the old versions of the cosmological argument that just said that everything has a cause for its existence. And then somebody pointed out, hey, isn't God part of the set everything? And then he would have a cause. Oh, yeah, we can't have that. So now we're going to (laughs) invent things that don't have a cause when we have no demonstration of anything having a cause. But anyway, premise one, everything everything that begins to exist has a cause for its existence. Premise number two, the universe began to exist. Conclusion, therefore, the universe has a cause for its existence. That's the whole damn argument. There's nothing in there about gods. There's nothing in there about agents. Transcendence and or woo-woo or any I'm, of that crap. And I'm sorry that Daniel doesn't know that, but maybe that's why Daniel's arguing on behalf of deism by pretending that people just want to rebel against Christianity so they follow a slippery slope to deism. Well, maybe that's what you did, Daniel, but the rest of us, some of us, actually studied and realized where the burden of proof rests and who hasn't made their burden of proof. And... I didn't set out to be against Christianity or Islam or Scientology or anything else. Instead, I began to understand what the null hypothesis is, where the burden of proof rests, and that religious claims have not met theirs. And what's worse is that deism cannot meet theirs. Deism is a cowardly acceptance of a, an utterly unfalsifiable proposition that if, I, if we're going to play the game of let's pretend like we can read people's minds, I suspect that most deists are atheists who are just afraid to say so. They don't want that extra baggage. I mean, how how much of a douche would I have to be to regularly say that? And that's everything that Daniel did during his call. And cool kids were black. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> don't tell me you know an argument if you don't want to talk about it. Don't tell me that an argument is essential to your position and then run away the second I ask you about the argument. Oh, you, you guys didn't make yourself look very good today. I beg to differ, sir. All right. So we'll go on to, uh, sorry, Nick in Virginia. Thanks for waiting. Hey, uh, so Matt, and my on. friend told me, my, my friend told me, uh, that you, you, you were trying to become a pastor. Yeah, that was, that was my goal at one point. Okay. So <clears throat> before you decided to stop, you know, stop being a Christian, I, that, that wasn't a decision. I just, mm-hmm. I, it, there, I reached a point where I was no longer convinced that Christianity was true. It's not like I said, right. I'm done being a Christian. It, I, I, you don't yes, choose yeah. what you believe. Yeah, you, before you came to that conclusion, mm-hmm. uh, why was, why did you believe? Um, yeah, so when, when asked, I, I was convinced for much of the same reasons that anybody else would be convinced, because I thought that the Bible was the word of God and that there, we had good reason to believe uh, in the accuracy of it. Um, I, I believed primarily because the people around me believed and taught me to believe. And when I actually started to investigate for good reasons for my belief, that all fell away. When, you know, if I would have probably said, you know, uh, I would have given the same arguments that many other people did, Pascal's wager, teleological arguments. I, I probably would have presented something like the Kalam cosmological argument, uh, in some form, you know, appealing, there had to have been a first cause, you know. Uh, but when I began to understand what those things actually say and what we can demonstrate, I, I could not believe anymore. Okay. So I thought about it, and I've come to the conclusion, well, there's a whole bunch of reasons why people believe in God. Mm-hmm. It might be that they're afraid of going to hell, or they've just grown up in that environment. Yep. So it's just something that they're used to. Uh, but I th- I. I've only come up with three reasons that make sense to me. The first reason, which is the biggest reason, is without God, there's no, you know, there can be no ultimate justice, you know. Oh. Imagine, yeah. So, without God, there can't be ultimate justice. If if you were to actually put that together in in a syllogism, it would be, without premise one, without God, there can be no ultimate justice. It would be, and then the next one is, there is some ultimate justice, therefore there needs to be a God. Essentially like a reductio ad absurdum. What makes you think that there, uh, what maybe you, he just wants there to be ultimate justice. What makes you think that, what, <laughs> what, what makes you think that there is ultimate justice? Okay, well, because as people, you know, if we desire to be moral, we want to be ethical, uh, you know, we cannot be happy morally, knowing that, you know, there's so much horrendous suffering going on in the world. Why, why not? And, and well, we what, have, we and, have and what, 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 is the answer, what, right? what, why do our desires have any bearing on what is? That's the main What point. makes you think there is, in fact, an ultimate justice? I don't think that's evidence okay. for there being ultimate justice. Well, you presented this but, as one of the three reasons to believe that without a God, you can't have ultimate justice. And I'm saying, I'm saying it's a reason to well not to believe, but a reason to live in faith of God. Okay. It's a choice instead of an, instead so, of a belief. So unfortunately, I, I would want to file that under wishful thinking, right? How but do you how do you, you determine which God? 
Oh, how do you determine which God? Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're going to believe, just for the sake of convincing yourself through wishful thinking that there is some ultimate form of justice, which God is it? Well, if you're believing, if the reason that you're believing is for there to be justice for people, uh-huh. then then you research through the different religions that there are. I'll buy that. And and so if you go to Islam and you see that the God, the actions of the God or or his or what he says is necessary for you to be saved aren't moral requirements, then that defeats the whole purpose of believing in him. I, I'm I'm fine with that. So so which God do you think gets us to ultimate justice? Say that again. I, I'm fine with what, what you just said. And so if you were to evaluate all the different God claims and you wanted to pick the one that gets us to the sense of ultimate justice that you want, which one is it? Mm-hmm. It's the God of Christianity. Really? The God where God sacrifices his own son to serve as a loophole? The one where it, no matter how big of a sinner you are, no matter how many people you've killed, if you just call out to Jesus, you'll be saved and get to go to heaven. And yet if you're a good person who doesn't believe you go to hell, you consider that ultimate justice? The one that laid out the rules for slavery? So so it's fine that Helen Keller, a Jew, is in hell under Christianity, and yet Adolf Hitler, who professed himself to be a Christian in private, might be in heaven, or Jeffrey Dahmer, who had a last-minute salvation thing, might be in heaven. And you think that, that this is an ultimately just system? Uh, did I say no. Helen Keller? I'm Anne Anne Frank. I'm, I'm a moron right. sometimes. Throw Gandhi no, in there, too. What the hell? <laughs> so under, under Christianity, someone who lived their life as a terrible human being could get saved near the end and go to heaven, correct? Correct. And me, let's, let's assume, just for the sake of argument, that I'm a relatively decent person, live my life caring about other people and doing what I can. I never murder anybody or anything else along those lines, and yet I'm going to hell, and you think that that's a just system. Well... You've stated a couple different doctrines that I don't believe myself, okay. but the majority of Christians do. Yeah. Uh, so, so not only not only out of wishful thinking are you going to go with Jesus is the one that gets us to uh, a, a, a perfect justice, but you're going to do the particular version of Jesus that you've invented that doesn't match with modern Christianity or Orthodox Christianity. So, how how is this fundamentally different from just making up whatever you want to believe? Well, I'm, I believe what I believe based on biblical evidence. So, like, hell, for example, uh, it's said to be eternal torture. So, but I don't believe that. I used to, but I looked into it, and the original Greek Bible, I don't believe, actually said anything about hell being eternal torture. Yeah, you're not alone. You're not alone. Billy Graham and others buy into annihilation theory that those of us who don't believe just cease to exist. Is that is that is that what you think? Yeah, I, I'm undecided either annihilationism or universalism. I really don't know. Okay, so how is either of those justice? I mean, because justice is by definition people getting what they deserve, and right. mercy is a suspension of justice so that you get something that you don't deserve. So right. if none of us deserve an everlasting paradise and some people are getting an everlasting paradise, that's a suspension of justice. So nobody's getting what they so, deserve. Yeah. So, like, take Islam, for example. The way that you be saved in Islam is just, well, it's almost the same as Christianity, but there's a lot of legalism involved. You've got to pray this many times a day and all that. Uh, 
and then take Judaism, uh, well, it's pretty much the same thing. You've lots of legalistic ceremonial practices. So what's wrong with that? What, um, does, that, what does that have well, to do with justice? I, yeah, I'm getting to that. Okay. So, but in Christianity, uh, you're saved by believing in Jesus, but not just that. Oh! Like yeah. Okay, under your version, that might be the case, but, you know, if you actually look into soteriology, which is the study of what it takes to be saved, there's a number of different models um, where primarily, if you cite verses, it talks about being saved by grace through faith, that this is a gift of God, that there's nothing that you can actually do. So if you talk to Calvinists, you're not in any way responsible for your salvation. It has nothing to do with what you believe, because, after all, the, the demons and the devil believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Right. And don't, well, don't Calvinists are, uh, also believe that uh, pretty much nothing you do would make a difference? Not, not completely true. They, they, okay. But, <laughs> but now we're down a, a yeah, road. Yeah, rabbit way. hole. Okay. Go, go ahead, Nick. Uh, it, the Bible does say that we are saved by believing in the death and resurrection of Jesus. That's true. What, is but, Jesus, what does Jesus say it takes to be saved? Because I, I agree that I agree that there are other writers. Well, Jesus wasn't a writer, but John writes about salvation, and Paul writes about salvation. But Jesus was specifically asked what it takes. I mean, if you're going to usher the Bible in, I don't think any of this is credible. But if you pull open up a red letter Bible, Jesus was asked what it took to be saved. What did he say? He said, uh, "You have to give up all your possessions and then come follow me." No, he said, "Keep the commandments." And then he was oh, asked, well, yeah. and then he was asked specifically which commandments, and then he prioritized the commandments that he thought were most important to salvation. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, isn't, isn't that fundamentally the same as the legalism you were criticizing the Jews about? Because after all, Jesus was no. a Jew. No, you're you're following the you're following in Christianity. You're specifically told to follow a strictly moral law, but in Judaism and Islam. The laws that you have to follow aren't logical. They're arbitrary ceremonial practices. You have to do this a certain time are, of day. Are they arbitrary? If, if are they arbitrary? If Moses received them from God, at that time they were logical because they fit into the plan. And the, so, so what you're saying is something can become not logical. Yeah, or, or, because or God, God made a mistake, or it had to be fixed later. No, it's not a mistake. It's, it's not. It wasn't a mistake to tell people that they could own people as slaves and beat them. That wasn't a mistake. Those, those things were operated under the same moral principle then as they do now. They were right for that time because they fit so into you, a moral. So you're saying once upon a time it was morally correct to own people as slaves and treat them as property and beat them as long as they didn't die. Uh, I'm not well. I'm not sure if the Old Testament exactly says that. It absolutely does. Exodus 21. Would you like to read it? Uh, and and also in, in Deuteronomy and Leviticus where it talks about slaves being your property that you can pass on to your children. So you're saying there was a time when that was moral. You can what, your children? You, slaves are property that you can pass on to your children just as you pass on your cows and your house and everything else. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying there's a time uh, when that was moral. It's hard to explain because it's... No, it's not hard to explain, Nick. It's really easy to explain. 
There was no such. There was no time when it was actually moral to own people as property. It's not. It's not moral from a logical standpoint. Oh my God. Okay, Nick. I apologize. I don't think you have even even a clue about what a just system would be if you're willing to hem and haw about slavery and argue that loopholes and God picking his chosen people and who goes to heaven. You're desperate to find some version of Christianity that you can invent, either with annihilationism or universalism where we all go to heaven. If we all go to heaven, why the hell are we even spending any time talking about this? Um, But in the end, you have no evidence or justification for your position. You have decided that you would like there to be ultimate justice. And then you have gone in search of what you can invent from a religion to be the best form of justice. And it's still fundamentally flawed. And it's still without any supporting evidence that this is actually true. So you can pick the best, the best fiction book off the shelf you want and say, I would like to live in Ringworld or I would like to live in Narnia because I think that the systems of justice there are superior to what we currently have to deal with. And yet that doesn't tell us one thing about whether the ring world or Narnia exist, which is the point that we need to care about. Because as it turns out, the world you want to exist has no bearing on the world that you that actually exists, and you spend your time focused on a fantasy, then you have just damned reality. I see what you're saying, but well, what I was saying before about you know how is it moral for those things to happen in the Old Testament? Because they were well, in a sense that they're in the context of a plan that it's, it's hard to explain because it's it's part of a narrative that God is telling for the purpose, uh, which is what I was trying to get to. Is that so? Basically, you you believe that God is too weak. He's he's strong enough to tell you not to wear mixed fabrics, but he's too weak to tell you not to own people as property. The Old Testament is kind of like God playing a character. Why would God do that? What kind of douchebag God pretends to, hey, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and play a character. You guys go ahead and own each other as, as property, and you can beat them as long as they don't die within a couple days. Um, you, you can, yes, yes, keep slaves. Buy slaves from the heathen that surround you because you guys are my chosen people. And then later on, I'll correct this, except you know what? Never ever corrected. Jesus doesn't come down and say, hey, all that crap about slavery, we, we, we were just pulling your leg. You know, our secular morals are far better than the biblical morals. You know, what does Jesus say about slavery? Uh, I, I can't pinpoint it first. Slaves, obey your masters. Right. Yeah, he could have fixed all that, that screw-up, but he didn't. Well, the Old Testament, the Old Testament its purpose is to validate the New Testament. It's to give us a reason to believe uh, Jesus' ministry and all that he did. Then it's an even bigger failure than I thought it was. Why is that? It gives me nothing that would make me believe the New Testament. Well, it's it's the fact that it was written over such a long course period of time and that the culture of it... I don't know how that's relevant. How, because, well, how long it takes to write something isn't a testament to whether or not it's true. If the Bible it's taken me by, years, and I'm still not done with my book. Does that mean when my book comes out, it's going to be true? <laughs> no. Yeah. But 
if a Bible is written How quick by you are to dismiss, you are so quick to dismiss my book, which you haven't read and probably don't even know what it's about, and yet you're willing to accept a book that says you can own slaves and that blood sacrifice is useful for atonement. Kill witches. Kill witches, don't wear mixed fabrics, don't eat shellfish. I mean, how much yeah. of this how much of this book are you going to cherry pick to fit what you want? And well, and when are okay. you actually going to get to the thing that shows that it's true? Okay, well, let me cycle back to why to believe in God in general. Okay. Even if I didn't even if I didn't have the Bible or some type of religious text, I would still believe in God. Which God? Because a God. You would still believe in a God. What what are the characteristics of this God that you would believe in? Specifically It'd be an omniscient, omnipotent, uh, omnipresent, not necessarily, but, well, yeah, I guess it would be, and omnibenevolent. Cool. So so even without any religious text, you would find it just warranted to believe in in the omni-god. I I would, and here's why. Great. That's the important thing. Why? Because, right, because, like I was saying before, if there's no ultimate justice without God, then we have to accept all of the horrible things that happen in the world. Yes. Uh, that will never be rectified without God. So cool. They're not going to be rectified with God. Well, they could be. If, if I, <laughs> oh, oh, so it's possible that they could so be. Could be, could be with a, but a invisible pink unicorn that, that fixes everything, too, right? But, Why would I not believe in that? Yeah. And <laughs> a lot less baggage. How, how did we get back to, okay, do you, <laughs> let me ask this, and then I'll let you continue no matter what the hell you say. Let me ask this. You said that you would believe in an omni-god. And your, your first reason is because without an omni-god, we can't have ultimate justice. So we're right back to where we began. And my response to that was, what on earth makes you think that there's an ultimate justice? And after dancing yeah. around for a while, you acknowledge that there may not be ultimate justice, but you'd like there to be. So basically, are we going to go through all of this so that you can say, even without a religious text, you would believe in an omni-god because you personally want there to be an omni-god? Here's a mistake that I made. I said believe. What I really mean is to live in faith in faith of. So, 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 what I was saying was, so you wouldn't actually believe, but you think it's useful to pretend that you believe or act like you believe. Well, From our I standpoint, faith is a good way to be wrong. I can't, I can't believe based on evidence. Why not? That's impossible. Because there is no evidence for the Bible. Oh, okay. Uh, you're saying that... <laughs> Thank <they're>, you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Somebody clip that out. Um, I, I'm saying that the things that we should believe, we should believe for good mm-hmm. reasons, right? Do, do you not care whether your beliefs are true, or are, are you just mostly concerned with whether or not your beliefs are comforting? Well, what I'm trying to get at is the reason I believe is for a practical emotional benefit, because... So, Being an atheist. A practical emotional benefit, how is that distinguishable from I want to believe, or it makes me feel good to believe? It's an act of living in faith. It's not really believing based on evidence, is what I'm saying. I understand. You're, living, you're, you're not believing based on evidence. You are acting as if you believe because it makes you feel good. Pretty much. Okay. Why does it make you feel good? To believe something because, without it, without a good reason to think that it's actually true. Because if I don't live in faith of it, I have to accept all this immorality, 
and I cannot be happy if I have to accept it. You don't have I to. Can't. You don't have to accept. How about okay. how about living life like you believe you won the lottery? Is that a good thing? No, that, that no. See, with God, when living in faith of God is the ultimate moral thing to live to live in faith of without evidence. Okay. All, you say, you say it's the ultimate moral thing, and I pointed out all these immoral things in the Bible. Um, so you, so it seems not, that you've you've invented a God that shares. Bible shared, matters. Okay, it seems that you've invented a God that agrees with your views on morality. Uh, sure, I guess. Okay, so so if I so, were king of the world, the world would be great. So we're not talking about Christianity. <laughs> We're, we're we're not talking about Christianity. We're talking about Nickyanity. Nicky has his views. Sorry, Nick has his views on mor- morality, and finds it makes him happy if he believes that there's a God that agrees with him on morality. Uh, well, believe or live in faith of. There's no the okay. Life is- let, let me let me amend this, which is not going to make you look better. By the way, uh-huh. Nick has a view about morality and finds that it makes him happy to act as if there's a God who agrees with his view on morality. Mm-hmm. Do you care whether or not you're correct? Uh, correct that there is a God? Yeah. Like that. Um, well, of course I do care. Okay. Uh, do, do, do you want your beliefs to be true or comforting? Well, see... I do care whether they're true or not, but I also recognize why God doesn't just, like, if God exists, the reason he doesn't just reveal himself to us is because this life is a moral test. And the fact that he... So so you're fine with a douchebag God who decides that he's not going to reveal himself and he's going to put us to the test. How do you know that you got the right answers to the test? Well, because... Logically, the only way that we could be morally tested to see who is uh, righteous enough, per se, to go to heaven and who is not is who accepts the idea that life is pretty much an abomination with all the injustice in the world. If, and morally, you should not be able to be happy with all of this horrible stuff. Oh, bullshit. So first of all, like first of all, every, every time you start to talk a little bit more, you get further and further away from anything that remotely resembles Christianity. So let's just acknowledge this. You're not talking about Jesus or Christianity because the Bible's irrelevant. What the Bible actually says is irrelevant. What it says about salvation is relevant because just a minute ago, you talked about who is or isn't righteous. And while it pains me to put back on my Christian hat in order to school you, there is none righteous, no, not one. That's what the Bible actually yeah. says. So I'm glad you've tossed the Bible out. But basically, you've invented this idea of morality and righteousness. And then you've, you're willing to act in faith and believe that there's a God who agrees with you. What if there is a God and he doesn't agree with you? Uh, well, then, I'd, well, if I don't agree with him, uh, he's not right. <laughs> Basically. Oh, I believe I'm right. You you are then the ultimate authority on what is right. And if there's a God that doesn't agree with you, that God's wrong. We're getting somewhere. We're getting rid of the baggage. I'm a, I believe moral beliefs. Hmm? Well, they're not really relevant. But I believe 
morally what I believe, and therefore, if I'm right, God should match. Yeah, if you're right, so if I you're believe. right, and if God is perfectly moral, you, you left that part out, if you are correct, mm-hmm. and if God is perfectly moral, then the two of you should agree. The question is, if you don't agree, how do you tell whether or not you're right or God's right? Well, I look, I look to God, and I believe the Bible, so I look to see what the Bible says, but... Okay, the Bible says slavery is okay. Is that is slavery moral or immoral? No, I don't believe that it does. You don't believe that but it does? It existed in the past. No, 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 no. The Bible talks about slavery and never condemns it, never says it's immoral, and expressly says who you can and can't enslave. Does it have any time limits or expiration dates or anything like that? Yeah, I can't really answer why it doesn't, why it wasn't, you know, said to be immoral after the fact. After its purpose, I can't really answer that. Well, I mean, a minute ago you said the Bible was irrelevant, and now you've gone back to the Bible. Um, so, Nick, well, I, can, can we just agree that you're just making all this shit up to feel good? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Uh, I can't okay, if that's not the case, how do you demonstrate that it's true? Well, maybe I can say that, actually. Okay. Then that's all I need. I got a lot of other callers. Thanks for... Hanging out, um, just for the record. Well, I appreciate those conversations where people are ultimately honest and yeah. in, in addressing yeah. when they've made the point. Well, one of the most honest comments I've ever gotten was, it makes me feel good. Yeah. And, gosh, I can't argue with that. <laughs> I can. I can and I do well, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. will. Okay. I, I'm... Because, and this is important. <laughs> I know this is, this is important. If it gets you to the point where you say, I believe this because it makes me feel good, I appreciate the honesty there and that you have put yourself above God or truth or reason or reality. Unfortunately, what makes you feel good in the moment isn't necessarily what's good for you. Just like getting completely shit-faced might right. make you feel good for a while. Heroin addiction. Yeah, Heroin. <laughs> Not necessarily a good thing. And if you believe things that are ultimately untrue, you make decisions based on what you believe. And if your view is that I am the absolute ultimate arbiter of of morality and can't be wrong, and so, uh, first of all, I think each of us are are the arbiters of our own views on morality. But whether or not you're right about it is the result of considering the consequences of actions with respect to the physical facts about reality. Yeah, a little humility, please. But if, you're, if your whole thing is, I believe because it makes me feel good, then please explain how you can feel good about what it is that you're saying. Because even in Nick's case, he's going to pick and choose from the Bible. Chuck it out when it supports slavery, but accept a particular verse over at, here. But At the frequency of several sentences. Right? But throw out what it says about salvation in order to try and create your own everybody's saved or nobody's saved model. But at the end of the day, what Nick is acting as if he believes is that there's a God who agrees with him right down the line. Nick, you're God. That's the only way that's possible. Right. And this is a very dangerous attitude. Like if God's on your side, you know, you, you, you can go kill people that, that God doesn't like and, and everything's moral. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's one of those things where the reason that I care about whether or not my beliefs are true is because the truth matters. Because I'd like my internal model of reality to match reality as best as I can. 
It's never going to be perfect. I'm never going to get it all right. If there was a God and he got to sit down and maybe call into the show, although I'd prefer it be in person, and I told him what my moral thinking was on a subject and that God told me what his moral thinking was on a subject, I would hope that we could have a conversation about the how and why and determine which of us is actually correct and not just assume that one of us is necessarily correct at all. But when you go down this path, it is more, in my opinion, about, well, I don't like organized religions and I don't like these particular uh, passages in this text. And, you know, I was raised along these kind of lines and so Judaism seems a little too legalistic for me. Whereas Christianity, an ultimately capricious God elects who he is or isn't going to save, hides from people, doesn't offer sufficient evidence, something that you, Nick, completely acknowledged. And then you say, well, I can't believe based on evidence. But you know what? Sure feels good to think somebody agrees with me, so I'm going to act like that's the case. (laughs) Well, I actually care whether or not you're right rather than whether you feel good. And when you talk about how, oh, if I don't believe in God, I have to face the harsh reality that sometimes the world is unjust. Well, guess what? All the evidence points to the fact that sometimes the world is unjust, that the universe doesn't give a rat's ass about you, that somebody's going to get away with a crime, that somebody else is not going to get away with a crime. Heck, isn't it better to do something about that than than to just roll over and pretend the world's something else? But the problem is that if you only recognize that somebody's going to get away with a crime and fail to acknowledge that somebody else isn't, then that sways you completely towards it's it's futile, it's crap, the universe is garbage, there's no justice. But if instead you acknowledge that some people aren't going to get away with crimes, that it is us, we the people who are engaging to build a society that has as much justice as we can get, and we're doing pretty good at it, we're not perfect, But if you toss all that aside, of course the universe looks like crap and it would make you feel good. But if instead, to think that there's a God who agrees with you. But if there's a God that agrees with you, ask yourself this. Do I want a better world? And if God agrees with you, why hasn't he done anything to fix this problem of the better world? Yeah, he's omnipotent and omniscient. He should know. (laughs) Yeah. Look up problem of evil. You, you are you are better than the God you believe in, even when you do this twisted sort of path to get God to agree completely with you. Anyway, we've got some uh, atheists on the line as well. Uh, Gaurav in Bangalore, India. Thanks for waiting forever. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, yes. we can. Yeah. Uh, quick comment on the previous caller, sir, before I address my question. Uh, something that uh, you touched on before... Uh, and in your closing statement, and something that uh, Tracy Harris touched on like years before in her Batman Begins uh, analogy. Yeah. Uh, Christians, uh, in the Christian theology, uh, justice is uh, usually confused with uh, revenge. Am I correct? Uh, I think that that's the case in in some aspects i mean i won't say universally i think that there is an idea yeah not universally yeah, yeah. obviously but uh, the caller that uh, i had before me uh, he also touched on that uh, uh, you know uh, hitler with uh, gandhi something like that so that is like revenge against uh, in front of like uh, 
Do justice. I think he, his revenge is, uh, boy, the, the universe sure seems like there's not enough justice, and so I'm going to get payback by yeah. But anyway, I, I wanted to get on to the, to the subject of your call. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, first of all, it's an honor to speak uh, to Mr. Delante and uh, you and Mr. Baker. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, uh, my question was, uh, and any advice on being, uh, like, for me, uh, for a person like me who's an atheist in a country like India, where superstition rules came? So, my understanding from the past is that India actually had a, a rather um, significant community of atheists and, and secular thinkers, including even within Hinduism, they're kind of okay with atheism as one path to spirituality. It's a little, it's a confusing mess. Because uh, there's a bunch of stuff together. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, you know, obviously, I don't live there. I don't know what it's like. I don't know who you interact with, um, and sure, I don't. Sure. Know, I, I don't know how dangerous it is. I mean, I know in places like you know Bangladesh and Afghanistan and other places, they are killing atheists, atheist bloggers. Oh, sir, sir, uh, yeah. a person, an ex-Muslim, an apostate from uh, Islam, uh, who lived just like few blocks from me. Mm-hmm. That shot last month. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. So, uh, even I'm sorry to hear that, Mr. Baker. But uh, I like uh, the the true issue is that you can be an atheist, you can have your beliefs. Uh, nobody gives a crap about your beliefs in India. But if you be a little vocal about them, mm-hmm. it's quite dangerous. Like from uh, from filing a police case to being shot, I guess. It's uh, it's a spectrum. So one of the things I am one, one of the things yeah, that I've constantly cautioned people about is oh, I want as many out and open and vocal atheists as we can get. But if being out or vocal means you put your your life and your your yeah. your health and your family at, at risk, then I would say uh, I'm not going to fault anybody for not being open about it, and let let those of us who are in much more safe positions, try to change the world around you. Um, but there, there are ways I've, to be supportive. And I've heard, I've heard you, sir, uh, talking about that on your uh, show, like you know, on YouTube clips and everything. But uh, for people who find their surroundings or their environment in their country, which I very much love my own country, but uh, which uh, I find very disturbing events taking place around me. It's difficult to stay quiet and it's difficult to, even my friends, I'm an engineer but, and uh, most of my friends are like engineers, doctors, educated journalists and etc. Mm-hmm. And seeing and, and watching them descend into this pit of false stupidity actually. It's difficult for someone like me to, you know, let go of it. And uh, so, so my advice to no, you uh, is yeah. f- find a community there and and be part of a larger group. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna get some social support by doing that, and you're going to have a group that you can go after some of these problems on a small scale on your own. You know, one of the things that we can do here and that you could do there is. You know, challenge the media when, whenever they're they're not critical enough of of crazy claims. You could, you know, and, and if you can begin to work 
at, at changing things there or um, mm. donate donate good books to schools or these sorts of things. There's lots of projects that you can do at a local level that can make a difference. And yes, it, you're not going to change the, the world overnight, and it's going to be sure. a long, a long, arduous journey. But if you have friends, it, it's a lot nicer and a lot more fun. Um, so, you know, don't don't be a loner and and get get involved. Uh, join a community. If if there's not one in your area, create one. It's not that hard to do that. So one of the things is, yeah. I, I'm in agreement with this, certainly the spirit of what Don says, but I can't put myself in your shoes and don't know enough about it. Instead of, or in a, I guess in addition to calling us to get not particularly great advice, who knows, reach out, reach out, reach out to some of the international organizations that are working to uh, protect, you know, atheist bloggers in Bangladesh. You can... You can reach out to ex-Muslims of North America. You can Freedom from Religion Foundation. Even though or the some of these groups in India, e- even though some of these are, you know, based in the United States, they can probably point you in the direction of organizations okay. and people that you can work with. And I simply can't. <laughs> yeah, no problem, sir. I just wanted to like get some support from people that I respect. You, and your, I your situation is very common. There are a lot of people out there that are just frustrated. Yeah. They're they're steeped in. Whatever religious environment we hear it here here in the United States all the time that there are areas of the United States that are very very Christian and and you just don't fit in if you're not a Christian and I I can empathize with what you're saying um, and I would give them pretty much the same advice uh, look out for other people that are that are like minded and and you know create a create an event a skeptics in the pub or or something like that and and go um, go after certain things if you can and and don't don't um, the, the social aspect of it is very important. It's very important for people to feel part of a group and part of uh, have a sense of belonging and these sorts of things. And and just just having a social group is is a big thing. Don't 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 don't, don't discount that. Yeah, that's that's a bit hard here. Like mm-hmm. Into a social group, kind of an atheist uh, social group, because uh, most of my friends, like all of my friends. And uh, even my family is like close to disowning me because yeah. of uh, yeah. my atheism. And I, re- I understand you have faced similar situations. I've heard it on your uh, show before. Well, uh, it, it's just like uh, you don't find anyone in your uh, vicinity, in your friend circle, anywhere. And I have to look for, you know, people in the free country, as you call it, the U.S., and uh, the Western world to, for support. It's yeah. kind of disheartening and kind of frustrating. You can also contact groups like Atheist Alliance International that focus on international issues. I, I just, you know, I don't know what the right answer is for you. And the last thing I want to do is, <laughs> I is, understand. is, is I understand. give give you advice and then read a news story. Man watches atheist experience and winds up getting shot for being an atheist. Because I don't, I don't generally have to face that. I, I don't know about India. But, uh, but well, he said his neighbor got shot. Oh yeah. So yeah. But, so yeah. Re- reach out to those organizations and and you know, I, I would recommend. What was that, sir? I, I just, I, I'd recommend caution and taking reason steps and not because it, the idea that you're going to just uh, you know. Let me change the whole world right now by being out. Nah, nah. Is, is, <laughs> That's not my yeah. uh, agenda. 
it's like just my friends my close group my family it's disheartening to see them follow something because it's not uh, like the us or the western uh, community europe included they are not too much religious it's just superstition yes and it's stupid yeah Well, I wish you luck, and, and by all means, you and anybody else can email tv.atheist-community.org. I have the address up there. I uh, can't promise to, to answer all of them, um, but, you know, perhaps, especially people living in, in countries where their Internet access is diminished, if you have access to email, you can email our organization and other organizations, and they may be able to, to get you resources that you might not have access to otherwise. But other, uh, other than that, I... Sure. I, I wish you luck. <laughs> Sorry, we don't have safety. better answers. Yeah, <laughs> I understand, sir. I understand. Okay. Also, last thing. Yes. Also, last thing. Uh, where the hell is Jeff T? Uh, he is on the nonprofit. <laughs> he was. He uh, was a, a host of this show for many years, and yeah, a, yeah, a lot yeah. of people in the audience remember him and 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 yeah. know know of his personality. Please bring him back. Yeah, <laughs> I right. really miss him. It's entirely up to Jeff, and he's doing the nonprofit <laughs> okay. show. And I, my understanding is that that's. Pretty much all he has time for, but if that changes, you might see him back. Okay. Sure, sure. Thank we, you. We love him too. Thank yeah. you. All right. Thank you. So yeah. All right. Uh, as a reminder, after the show's over, uh, we get together for dinner at uh, Star of India, not Starve. Oh, oh, oh the irony. Yeah. India. Uh, well, they popped it up on the screen. It wasn't just because I was talking to India at the time, but uh, the address is right there. Any atheist or atheist-friendly person is welcome to come down and join us. Um, the people involved in the show get together and go down. Uh, the show's on until 6-ish, and we'll probably be over there by 6.30 or so. It's a buffet thing. Come in, mm-hmm. grab a plate, feed yourself, pay, pay, and tip well, because they, of course, let us use their restaurant they're, for they're very, very anywhere from 15 to 50 people, depending on, you know, what's going on that week. So We have uh, Tom in Clearwater. Thanks for waiting. Hey, uh, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I guess my question to you is, can you tell me if I am an atheist or an agnostic or what? Do you believe that there's a God? Well, I was raised to believe. I really didn't have a choice. Yeah, but are you, are you currently convinced that there is or very probably is a God? No. Then you're not a theist. And you get to use whatever label you want after that. You can say atheist, you can say non-theist, you can say freethinker, secularist. Um, but under the normative, you know, what, what we tend to talk about, you're an atheist. Okay. All right. That, that's, that's cool. I guess I needed somebody to hear somebody say that. Okay. Um, how do I go about telling people, friends or family members uh, that I am uh, an atheist? Well, the first question is, Is that what you want to do? Is there some need to do that? I'm not suggesting that people well, hide, but, you know, I, I have people I, I, who are I'm like... Constant. Go ahead. Uh, oh, I'm constantly being invited to church or different churches I'm to try and find, like, a, a home church, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I have to come up with all these excuses. Uh, you could just say go. it's not my thing. You know... The danger here is if you if you identify yourself as an atheist, you're going to get a lot of do-gooder folks that are going to want to convert you back and 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 give you a lot of grief and hound you uh, to come to their church. And oh, you just 
you just are mad at somebody or these sorts of things. And, and it's, you have to be in a somewhat strong position in order to sort of stave that off and, and be confident enough with yourself. Um, you know, I would, I would advocate that you live in, live in the gray area for a while. You educate yourself, make sure of your convictions, uh, read a lot, study a lot, um, think through a lot of things. And when you're, when you feel like you're pretty solid, then you can tell people. And the word atheist is, carries a lot of negative connotations for a lot of folks. And you, what you might do instead is call yourself a non-believer or I've, I've given up religion. And, and, and those two things may be just as true as you being an atheist. But they're um, okay. often a less um, uh, controversial way of, of saying those things. I mean, if you're still in the position of not knowing which label applies to you, um, I don't think that this is necessarily the right time to go. And by the way, I would never advocate for, okay, family, we need to have a sit-down meeting. No, 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 no. Instead, don't do that. <laughs> instead, you just be yourself. And when people invite you to church, you say, ah, that's not my thing and whatever. And, and the conversations are going to happen, you know, over time. And here's the key. You don't owe anyone an explanation, and you don't have to be involved in any conversation you're not comfortable with. And if they can't respect that, then they don't care about you. Now, you could okay. say, you're, you're in Clearwater. Are you dealing with Scientologists? Well, I can look out of my window and see the Scientology-built church building. I mean, I come in contact with them sure. at Walgreens and other places, and they are... I tell you, I don't want to be in contact with them. There's, yeah. there's something wrong with <laughs> no, them. But I, the point I'm getting to is when, you're, when your family starts pressing you on this, you can say, don't worry, I'm not a Scientologist. I just, I'm not, I've been, I've been thinking <laughs> about this right. stuff and I don't buy you into that's their common. Yeah. <laughs> See? Yeah. yeah. They're not Scientologists. Yeah. You're not Scientologists. There's a point of agreement. Yeah. And I understand yeah. with, with, um, Feeling like you're you're sort of telling a lie if you're if you're not being open and honest. I understand that, and um, uh, and that can be a motivator to to be more open um, and just just take it take it slow. Um, you know, you can being honest with yourself is the most important thing, uh, and then you know whatever whatever version of the truth you tell other folks, uh, you know, as long as it has. More than a few grains of truth to it, I think is just fine. You don't have to. You don't have to hit them with all the details. So and, let me let me ask you a couple of simple questions. Okay. Did you stop believing because you were mad at your parents and family? No. No. Okay. I mean, okay. I, this has been coming on. I, I, I get you. I get you, Tom. I get you. Yeah. Uh, did you stop believing because you got mad at God? No. Okay. So those are the things that they're going to come at you with. So why not acknowledge that? In these conversations, hey, look, you know, family, this isn't about you. This isn't about me getting back at you. I didn't get mad at you. This isn't about whether I got mad at God or anything else. I just am no longer convinced that this is the case. And if you guys, if you guys feel like you want to pray for me or whatever, I couldn't stop you, but I, you know, do, do whatever you think is necessary. But I'm not going to be convinced by what convinced you. So whatever, whatever it is that convinced you until it actually happens to me, there's no way I should be convinced. Um, they're they're going to feel a burden. They're going to feel like they've failed you uh, as spiritual leaders and all this other stuff. You, you, you've got to make it easy for them. And that is, this isn't about you. This is about me and what I'm convinced of. I appreciate the fact that you love me. I still love you guys. I haven't fundamentally changed into like, you know, a multi-horned monster who's coming to destroy the world. I just don't believe what you believe about a God. 
Right. And, and, you know, that, that should be enough, at least initially. And then you talk about what well, you, you say, I'm comfortable talking about this or I'm not comfortable talking about that. Okay. But let me ask you, why is it automatically, if I do mention that I, I'm a non-believer or whatever, the first thing they want to know is, why did I turn to worshiping Satan or I'm a yeah. Satanist of some type? Because there's a lot of lies and propaganda you know, especially back in the fifties, it, it was the the godless the the godless uh, communists over there, and the the God fearing Christians here in the United States, and and we were the good guys. The you know the the Christians were the good guys, and those communists were the bad guys. And, and it, so there's the all same, of that. It's the same reason they think you're mad at God. Yeah, yeah that's oh. that's why they that's why it's, they oh you're li- lies and propaganda is the short answer. <laughs> and you can point out. <laughs> I'm not worshiping in Satan. I don't believe in him either. Yeah. See, to us, yeah, Satan is just as silly as, as the God. You know, yeah. it's just, just as silly yeah. a concept. But there's this idea that they've been injected with, which is if you're not with me, you're against me. And to them, against, exactly. against them means Satan. And you can point out that while I don't agree with you about the God thing, that doesn't mean I'm not with you on countless other things. It doesn't mean that I don't want to, you know, Still have family gatherings and talk about the weather and sports ball or whatever. Yeah, you know. keep the commonalities in, in mind, right? You, you know, sometimes when you're um, newly out or you've discovered something new about yourself, it becomes disproportionately important for a while. And, you know, remember that the people that you're around, you have a lot in common with. You know, you like the same sports teams or, or you know, you both care about the schools or whatever, yeah. you know. The, the, those, tell, those tell, them you're Bama, tell them you're a Bama fan, and then when they freak out, you go, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That'll take the edge off of it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Anyway, thanks okay, a lot for well, calling, uh, Tom. And Okay, thank you very much. Good luck to you. Sure. I appreciate your help. Okay, thank you. Bye. And also, since it keeps coming up, uh, Greta Christina, I always recommend her book uh, about coming out as an atheist, coming out why and how, and, and I'm, it's got a lengthy little subtitle on it, which mm-hmm. I won't get right. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good resources these days. And it's part, in part because the secular community keeps growing. There's more voices. And the biggest thing that I think people can learn is you're not alone. You are not the only one that is going through what you're going through in almost any circumstance. Mm-hmm. And so we hear from people, it's like, I'm the only atheist I know, okay? First of all, Google atheist and whatever your town's name is. Because the odds are good that you will find either a group or more than one group in the vicinity. Um, if not, it can point you to national organizations that might need someone like you to, to work in that capacity. Right. Uh, you know, Don, along with other people, have had multiple comings out, and they're not always the same. Um, I, I joked that I was going to tell my parents that I was gay and then go, no, I'm just kidding. And then I realized that that's, that's pretty awful and disparaging. And all it does is reinforce their, their own homophobia. So I, I didn't bother doing that. Um, but I could have told them. It makes a good joke though. I'll give you that. I'd I'd rather go with the Bama fan because, you know, they deserve to be criticized. I'm only doing that because of my father-in-law who's a Bama fan and he knows I love him and I don't care about sports ball. All right, let's see if we can get to some more real quick before we get done today. John in Topeka, Kansas. Thanks for waiting. Hello. Hey, John. How you guys doing? Great. Great. Pretty good. Good good to hear from you. What do you got? Um, Today I wanted to talk about the burden of proof because I hear atheists um, bring this up quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So you guys would, I'm, I'm sure you'd affirm that you have no burden of proof. You have nothing to demonstrate, right? 
It depends on on what the actual proposition is. If you you if you are a soft atheist, weak atheist, non-theist in the sense that you are not accepting the claim that there's a God, there's no burden of proof to not accepting. Um, the burden of proof is on the claim that there is a God. Usually, okay, usually the but, idea of a yeah. burden of proof is associated with a particular claim, right? And uh-huh. whoever's making that claim. You know, if they want to convince the other person, they have a burden of proof. If I was to say there is no God, that would be an assertion which would carry a burden of proof. Right. Mm-hmm. Because Matt would but be making a claim. Is, yeah. yeah. Uh, the problem is that saying that you don't believe is denying the Christian position that teaches that you do believe. It is rejecting it. I reject the, the Christian position, the Muslim position, uh, on all of their supernatural claims. I reject it because it okay, hasn't meant the burden if, 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 it, uh, rejecting it, rejecting something, yeah. rejecting something is not the same as saying X is false. Well, well, it's not saying that X is true. Because right. if I say that you do believe in God and you say, no, I have an absence of belief, that would be saying my claim is wrong. So you'd be saying God no, is not a No, person. no, my absence of a belief does not say anything about whether or not your claim is, in fact, correct or incorrect. It's about no, me you, not being convinced that it is correct. But but I but I was saying um, the Christian position is that you every single person believes in God, but they suppress the truth. Okay, that's not so, that, that's do you believe that, in God or that, do you not that, believe in that, God? That oh my God, that is not the Christian position. There's no such thing as the Christian position. There are versions of Christianity. Okay, that, that okay, for, can I finish my sentence? I apologize. Go ahead. There are versions of Christianity that would make a claim that everyone believes, or in fact, as Sai and others have said, everyone knows there is a God. Now, there's no way for me to prove to you that that is false, but I reject it too. And I don't actually know that there's a God, and I don't believe there's a God. But until you can find a way to actually get into my mind, as long as we're talking about what I believe or what I know, you either have to take it at face value or flat out call me a liar. No, I'm there. Well, my position is that you uh, are self-deceived, but in regards to what you said about that's not the official Christian position. Okay, I'll I'm, grant you that. Not okay. every Christian believes that. But you're still denying my position that teaches that you do believe in God. So your your claim is that I believe in God? Yes. Okay. I, I do not believe that that claim is true, and I am, in fact, convinced that that claim is false because I don't believe in God. Now, I can't prove that. You believe, I can't prove that to you. you. Who is in a better position to talk about the beliefs of a particular person? That person or some random caller on, on, a, on a telephone? Well, I'm not saying that I'm some kind of mind reader, but in the Christian position, God reveals certain things, and he has revealed that every person believes in, in him. Prove it. So, in Pro- regards to prove, what you said, how do you prove that God has revealed that everybody believes in him? Because um, that's what he says in the Bible. What, wait Where? a minute. First Where? of all, how do you know that that's what God is saying in the Bible? And why do we give a shit about the Bible? Well, unless your worldview is biblical, your worldview is uh, incoherent. Well, no, it's not, but thank you for making an assertion. How many I, why, why is it that when I ask you to back up your demonstration, all you do is make another assertion? Well, you said, well, your first, your first claim was just uh, an attack on my position of the Bible, I understood. So you, you are convinced that every person believes that there's a God, and you are convinced of this because you are convinced that God has revealed this in the Bible. And my question was, how do you know that God has revealed anything? 
Okay, that's okay. Sorry, I misunderstood your question. And I would say that unless you start with the belief that God has revealed Himself, you cannot rationally believe in anything else. Yeah. Well, first of all, you're not answering the question. You're going down this presuppositionalist garbage yeah, mindset that, it, that, that exactly, makes but, that makes an assertion. In the entire history of the presuppositionalist movement, they've made two assertions that their worldview can explain things and no other worldview can, and they have not even made the remotest attempt to demonstrate either of those. They are nothing but bald-ass assertions. And so that which can be asserted without evidence can be rejected without evidence. What's the evidence of that? What's the evidence of that? Yeah. We're not going to waste our time. So, That's the evidence. So <laughs> the position is based fundamentally on where the burden of proof rests and what the null hypothesis is. And so the null hypothesis is that we are reasonably, uh, we, we can reasonably claim that there's no connection between X and Y until such time as it's been demonstrated that there is a connection between X and Y. Right? Mm-hmm. Do you accept, do, do you accept uh, that? Um, uh, I didn't understand what that was related to. Well, that's a big problem if you don't understand the, the null hypothesis. How, do you, how are you going to establish a better proof if you don't understand something like the null hypothesis? All it says, but, but, all it says is you, th- that there is no connection between X and Y until such time as it's been demonstrated that there is a connection between X and Y. What does that have to do with my, uh, with my claim that you believe in God and that you sure. deny that you believe in God and therefore have a burden of proof? Yeah, so there's no connection between God and existence until such time as there is evidence that God exists. There's no such tie between God has re- God and a re- revelation until somebody demonstrates that connection. That's why the burden of proof rests on there, because because the, the if we don't have that, then you get to claim that you're convinced that God revealed the Bible, and I get to claim that God revealed the thing that I wrote down last night, which says you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And okay, so, 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 so under you, that situation, you, how do we figure out who's right? Um, do you affirm that the Bible is true in teaching that you believe in God, or do you not affirm that? If the Bible says, I believe in God, the Bible is in fact wrong... Okay, so then when you state that a position is wrong, that is stating something positively, which yes. demands evidence. Yes. And and so now we have to ask the question. So and, you and, acknowledge we both have a burden of proof for Well, I have a burden of proof for that claim, which I already fucking oh. acknowledged a minute ago when I said, if I were to say there is no God, I would be adopting a burden of proof. If your claim is the Bible says I believe in God, I'm going to say the Bible is in fact false because I don't believe in God. Okay, so then what is the evidence for the claim that... The evidence for the claim is that I don't believe in God. The fact that I can't show that to you and convince you doesn't change whether or not I am warranted in rejecting that. Well, I can state that I don't don't believe I exist. Would that be... No, because that's, that is directly in conflict with evidence. So we're talking about two different types of things. One is whether or not I am actually convinced of something... And number two is whether or not that something is true. Those are two different things. You have no way of evaluating whether or not I do actually believe in a God. Well, the evidence that you do believe in a God, or in the Christian God, I'm not, I'm not arguing for generic theism, is that you, you affirm things that only make sense if the Christian worldview is true. No, that's false. Well, okay, so for instance, uh, you affirm objective morality or morality that is uh, independent of human beliefs, I'm sure. I, let, me, let me ask you a I hold a position on morality that morality is tied to the facts about reality. My view on morality is not in any way tied to the truth of Christianity. Well, that's a, one of the statements. But you, 
What is your view of morality? He's, he's unpacked that a number of times on a number of different shows. We can do that here, but but let's pretend he's done that. We can we can find the the episode and you can go watch it. Okay, so let's go to logic then. Does, no, morality talk will take no, you, you have, here, Here's the thing. Let's change the subject. <laughs> Like no, I, I mean, can't win that argument. Let's let's change this. So so now you're gonna now you're gonna go down a road. Now you're gonna go down a road of something like tag, which doesn't get you to Christianity anyway. Well, that's another assertion. I haven't even laid out the argument. All right, answer me this: Are you getting ready to present the transcendental argument for the existence of God in some form? Yes. One of us has incredible predictive powers. That's right. We can read your mind. Let's, let's, for the sake of just this moment to save space, skip right to the conclusion of the argument you're going to present. Okay. Therefore what? Therefore the Christian God exists. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm going to have to let you go through that because no version of of TAG... um, can get, get you to that because it's, it's it's like when people try to present mathematical arguments for God when there's no mathematical constant or variable for God. So go ahead, give me give me your best tag. Well, uh, the argument for the existence of God in relation to logic is that without God there would be no there would be no logic. Yeah, logic so that's a, that's a bald ass assertion that I reject. Well, then you're going to get to this objection, right? Christianity is sufficient. If any of your premises are wrong, then your conclusion's wrong. I don't care if something is sufficient. Yeah, I know. That's why I, that's why I was going to already, already took that objection, because that's yeah. the only one that's really used to get this argument. Yeah, so that's the thing. Something has to be both necessary and sufficient to demonstrate causality. And if all you do is assert that it's necessary, you've accomplished nothing. So what you're doing is running, okay. running around saying that my worldview is incoherent because I can't account for logic. Well, you can't account for logic either with anything more than an assertion. Well, well, the, the accounting for logic in the Christian position is that the Bible reveals that God is the author of all truth, and God cannot contradict himself. I don't give a rat's ass about that, because well, that's not a demonstration yeah. of fact. That is the assertion. You need to actually back the assertion up. Well, so you're... My, my left tennis shoe, my left tennis shoe is a necessary and sufficient justification well, is your for logical tennis, reasoning. Well, is your left tennis shoe universal and does it ever change? Yes, my left tennis to, shoe, my left tennis shoe is universal. Okay, now you're just affirming nonsense because a tennis shoe refers to something that That's exactly what you're doing. You're affirming nonsense as well because you're, well, I'm not, I'm you're affirming that, that you have an account for this that you can't account for. Okay, so now you're going to the. So you're essentially saying I am, I am explaining something by something that we don't understand. No, well, I'm I'm saying you're attempting to explain something. You are in fact not explaining anything because, as we pointed out at the top of the show, God has no explanatory power. Why is that? Because we explain things, we explain the unknown in terms of the known. You don't get to solve a mystery well, by a. You, you don't get to, you don't get to solve a mystery by claiming by appealing to a bigger mystery. I'm not appealing to a mystery. In my position, God has revealed Himself. So I mean, okay. I how do you demonstrate that? How do you demonstrate that God has revealed Himself? Because if you deny that, your world is nonsense. Okay. Thanks for your circular bullshit. Bye. So I would highly recommend that everybody look up uh, circular arguments um, because what what's happening here is. I'm convinced that God has revealed himself. 
And this serves as sufficient, just, necessary, well, perhaps necessary, but at least a sufficient justification for why reason is reasonable. Therefore, if you don't believe in God, you can't have a justification for reason, and then we can't have a conversation. Okay, but this foundational belief that God has revealed himself, how do you demonstrate that? And what was the answer? Because if it didn't happen, we wouldn't be able to reason. Well, one of us clearly isn't able to reason, so maybe you should go back to the fucking drawing board. I've had this over and over again with Cy Tinbergenkate, who doesn't understand this stuff either. He's just parroting Greg Bonson and others. Um, this idea that I get to take the biggest issues in philosophy, that the brightest minds basically acknowledge we cannot, based on our current understanding, come up with an explanation for why reason is reasonable. We cannot demonstrate that hard solipsism is in fact false. And instead... We move on from those as foundational assumptions that reason is reasonable and that we exist in a world and we live our lives on those premises until such time as we're shown to be wrong. This is where the null hypothesis comes back in. I am not living in the matrix until such time as somebody demonstrates actual evidence that I am living in the matrix. Simply asserting that I must be living in the matrix because you believe that the people from outside the matrix have revealed themselves to you and that my worldview makes no sense unless I also accept that, you're the one talking nonsense here, not us. I don't believe that a God exists. I can't prove this to you. And it's incredibly convenient. And I get this smug crap from Christians all the time. I did a debate in Canada, me and Chris DiCarlo against two ministers, who asserted that God will reveal himself to anyone and everyone, provided you have the right frame of mind and your heart is in the right place. And and I'm someone who sincerely sought God. I can't prove that to you. I'm someone who God didn't reveal himself to. I can't prove that to you. But if you come back, as that minister did during the debate, and suggest that I just didn't try hard enough, well, screw you. Because when Joe shit the ragman down the street has God find his car keys, and that's enough for him to justify his Christianity. And I spent years in prayer trying to fulfill my obligation under 1 Peter 3.15 and got no response that if there is a God, that God's a douche. That God is not doing what you said. He won't reveal. Oh, Matt, you have some secret sin on your heart. All that does is tell people about you. It doesn't tell them anything about me because you can't demonstrate that I actually believe in God. You can't demonstrate that I didn't try. You can't demonstrate that I have some secret sin. These are all protective measurements, uh, measures to make you feel comfortable about what you believe. Because you believe, well, of course God will reveal himself to anybody. Because if it turns out God won't or doesn't, because he either doesn't exist or he's very much selective, then maybe your personal revelation is all in your mind. And that's absolutely terrifying. So instead, you project these weaknesses on who don't believe what you believe. My answer remains the same. I am unconvinced that a God exists because the claims have not met their burden of proof. And when you come back at me and tell me that it's a secret sin on my heart or that I just can't make sense or that I actually do know that there's a God but I am deceiving myself or deceiving others, make yourself look like the douchey God that you're believing in. That's it for this week. We will see some of you at Star of India. Thanks to Don Baker for yet another failure Thanks and the people to on the other side of the glass. Sorry we didn't get to all the callers. And the folks in there. Yeah. Thanks.
this is Russell Glasser, host of The Atheist Experience. You know, The Atheist Experience is made possible by volunteers and the generous support of viewers like you. If the promotion of positive atheist culture and separation of church and state are values that you hold, please consider contributing by becoming an ACA member. Our product page at EvolveFish.com under the Partner tab. Thank you.